Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this conversation. Oh, I am too. It's, it's like I don't have conversations like this on the on the regular. <laughs> you introduce yourself to our listeners. Yes, my name is Corey. I'm actually a recovering heroin and crack addict. I've been sober for over five years, and it's like the best decision I've ever made in my life, honestly, because I didn't think life could get this great. And I feel like my journey has only really just started. So, like, you find out different things about yourself. It's like very, like, you feel very personal about certain things. Like, I'm an open book, so it's not like I hide things. I'm not a private person about my journey. But, like, I had to, like, really dig deep to find out personal things and why I was making the decisions that I was making. And actually, it makes me feel better about the life that I'm living now. So it's it's a great feeling. It is, definitely. Absolutely. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Do you mind telling our listeners a little bit more about your journey maybe five years ago and what sparked that decision to recover? As I'm sure it's not a one-time decision. It's kind of a you have to go back to it and revisit it. So what inspired you to get clean? I mean, it was just really honestly the fact of like me not even being afraid of dying, but knowing that I had so much to live for. And I wanted to be actually be able to live to my fullest potential without causing myself to die. Like if I was going to die from a natural cause or something, okay, that's how I'm going to go out. But me literally killing myself before I'm able to live to my full potential is crazy. So it was like I was upstairs praying to die while my mother was downstairs praying that I would stay alive. And it just really kicked in that, you know, let's let's really give this a real shot and see what happens with life. And that's what I did. I, I just wanted to live more than I wanted to die at the end. That's awesome. I, I understand that kind of when you're deep in the throes of mental health challenges or addiction, you really don't care about your life anymore. It kind of becomes like a struggle to stay alive or find that will to live, so to speak. So yes. what did you decide that you had to live for? I mean, just it wasn't anything in particular that made me say, OK, I need to do this. It was just the unknown for me. Mm. not knowing what I was actually capable of. I had a bunch of hobbies and a bunch of stuff. Like I wrote poetry. I love to read. I wrote music, you know, and there was a lot of things that I didn't get to explore yet as far as like places and things that I've always thought of wanting to do and give a shot. Mm. And that's what made me see like, listen, you got to at least try to do these things, attempt to do these things. And now it's like five years later, I'm doing everything that, I subconsciously wanted to live for. That's incredible. And it's, it's so, it takes so much strength and courage to get to that point. Um, I'm curious because this is something I struggle with. How did you, when you were in and still are in recovery, how did you change that version of yourself you had in your head, that version that tells you you're worthless or you'll never get better? How did you rewrite that story for yourself and kind of I'm... go through that? It's honestly, that's one of the hardest things because of mm -hmm. the fact of like when things happen that are bad, I don't take them bad. I just say, oh, I deserve this because of what I've done in the past. Mm -hmm. But there comes a time and there's different times that it's like when I earn the good things that happen in my life, it's like I deserve this. So I got to kind of stray away from feeling like the negative things I deserve too. Because it's scary that I don't even take it badly. It's like, oh, okay, I deserve this. And then I just brush it off. And then I keep going. But it's like, 
people always tell me like, no, you don't deserve that. Like you've worked so hard for what you are. Like even when you were on drugs, you didn't deserve the things that were happening. That's why you got out of it. But it is a thing. And that's like, that's a good question because it is a, a lot of people struggle with that. And like, I still struggle with it to this day. And I think that I struggle with it badly because of the fact that I'm able to just push it off and say, fuck it. I deserved it. Yeah, like, definitely. So it's weird. It's, it's really, it's one of the biggest challenges is releasing that old identity and relearning what's possible for our lives. Because even when bad things would happen, like you say, we justify it by saying, well, I'm a piece of shit, so I deserve it. And then we believe, at least I, I believe, I'll speak for myself, that I have to work really hard for good things to happen to me because inherently deep down, sometimes we don't feel worthy of good things happening in our lives. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what words of wisdom would you tell yourself maybe like five, 10 years ago? Um, just basically not to give up. You haven't even lived life yet. Like just yeah. keep going and change so you can change other people's lives. Like I live by that model all the time. You can't change the world unless you change yourself. Mm-hmm. And like slowly it's happening. You know what I mean? Even if I changed one person's life, I changed myself to change that person's life. So it's like, you never know what could happen. Like people die every day. Is this what you want to do to die? Or do you want to live your life out until whatever happens of natural causes or whatever, but like live life. We were given our lives to live it to the best that we can not kill ourselves slowly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And sometimes when we've been dealt a shit hand in life, even early on, I know everyone's childhood looks different, but we don't know that we're capable of achieving our goals or we think that that's all there is to life is just suffering and pain and despair. So it could be hard to imagine what's possible for ourselves and that we actually have the capacity to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you working on right now? What are you like doing in the present that you find you're passionate about currently? Um, currently I am doing photography. I just started a couple months ago. So I love being able to capture moments that are timeless. You know what I mean? Like pictures are timeless. So I've been practicing and getting into that heavily and I really love it. I love to, to do that. And then also I started a clothing line, no love lost. And it's just like, you know, at first I had the idea of doing it for addiction, but it became much bigger than that because it's just about like, no love lost. And it's just saying like, no matter what, that love shouldn't be lost. You know who you are, love yourself on the inside. And it's like, it could be different for everybody. Like the the logos that I have really hit people differently in different ways. So it works. And and I love it. Like one of the logos that I made is a, a bandaid over a heart. So it's just like, it's just like, no matter what happens in in your life, you just got to keep moving and keep going through it, stitch it up. And I've done it so many times where my heart was broken Mm -hmm. over different situations where I just basically put a bandaid on it and kept moving. And that's why I'm at where I'm at today. Like, so I'm very passionate about getting these clothes out to people because I feel like it does not only does it look cool, but it does send a message. So, Mm -hmm. and it's different for everybody. Like, You know, that's why, like, the first logo I did, I have a card that explains exactly what it is. But the second one, I just let the people decide what they want it. I tell them what I view it as, and then they can tell me what they view it as. So it's just, like, a beautiful thing to hear what other people feel about what that message is on that logo. Yeah, that's the – I love that about art is that it's all subjective, right? So we could see it as something, and then someone else could see it, interpret it as something completely different. So that's really, really cool. So is that – 
your goal for the future is just like spreading your message in these creative different ways? Yeah, exactly. Like no matter what, if I find an outlet that I can spread my message in, I'm all over it. Mm. So it's just like, it's easy to do that. It's easier to do that way. So it's just like, oh, he does it and he has this, this looks cool. And then they learn about me also in the long yeah. run. So it just gathers a bunch of people to actually bring back to what I really am and what I became. Yeah, it's like that sense of community, like we're all going through it or we've been through it. And it's so therapeutic to share your story and express yourself in those creative outlets like art or poetry. I love that. We love poetry. <laughs> so you mentioned love and like I love talking about love and relationships. And I found that the hardest people sometimes to love is ourselves so i'm just curious like what does unconditional love look like for you or have you ever felt that like love from within or is it something obviously that we're all working on so are you working through that right now yeah i mean i definitely am sometimes i feel like i don't know how to love the right way Sometimes I feel like I have trust issues because of everything that I went through and mm -hmm. just like it goes back to the, am I good enough? So it's like, sometimes I feel like that unconditional love is fake and there's really an incentive for it. But like, no, I could definitely say that I've had women in my life that have been pure about their, their, um, the, the love that they've given me and, you know, it, it does feel good, but sometimes I don't know how to take it because of different relationships. So it's like in one relationship, I get treated like shit and I feel like, okay, I accept that. And then a new one, I'm getting treated great. And it's just like, this is a lie. This is fake. So it's like, you never know what to feel. And that sucks because like, I know a lot of people go through it. I'm not the only person, but it's just like, when will that break? When does that shake? And it's just like deep down, I kind of like, I'm okay with it sometimes because I know that I love myself. Mm -hmm. So I guess the most unconditional love that I am receiving is from myself. And I just have mm -hmm. to learn from that, but no one's ever going to treat you the way that you treat yourself. So that's what makes it weird too, you know? So it's yeah. just like, it's, it's a, that's a good question too. And it's hard. It's, I'm not going to lie. It's hard to answer because like, you know, I want to say yes, I want to say no, but like, yeah, I definitely received unconditional love. And that's sometimes the the most uncomfortable thing is to receive love and believe that we're worthy of love, especially when we've been treated as if we're not in the past. And you're kind of just like, what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. <laughs> has recovery, I'm sure it has, but how has recovery changed your relationships, whether it be like friends or family, even romantic relationships? Friends and family, amazing because they know that I could show up today. They know mm -hmm. that I'm actually me. I'm actually not a walking zombie. I'm actually listening and responsive and I could be there for everything that I'm invited to. And if I can't make it, I could actually answer and say that I can't make it and not be ashamed because I'm not on drugs or like, you know, and it's a good feeling like to be able to be trusted and people want me to be at things like, and as far as relationships, that was tricky at, at first, just because like I was finding myself in the first year of recovery. Mm -hmm. So I was happy that I was out of it. And I was in a relationship where this girl just wasn't happy. She wasn't on drugs or anything. She just wasn't a happy person because of things that she went through. So it was like mm -hmm. damping on my happiness. And like, I was like, I just want to be happy. Like, why can't you be happy? So 
I understand more now, years later, like, you know, we definitely shouldn't have been together. That's why we're not. But like, I shouldn't have taken it so harsh as I did because not everybody's the same. And just because I needed to be happy and wanted to and felt that doesn't mean that she had to be. But I should have left earlier in that circumstances. But like, as I've grown and known my full potential, like, yeah, shit still happens. But like, and still not knowing, well, still, it's not the fact that I don't know that I'm worth it, but just always questioning it, it gets tricky. But like, I know what I can bring to the table now. I don't have to question myself about stuff in relationships. I know that I'm 100% there. I know what I could do. And I know that I'm able to bring love. So yeah. it has progressed and gotten a lot better. So Yeah, it's it's such a journey, right? Especially in the early years of recovery, they, they tell us to not date. <laughs> of course, because when we're healing, we can then so easily attract other people that need healing. And then it becomes like this messy clusterfuck of like codependency and not knowing what's ours and what's not ours. So I really like commend you for realizing that. And it's, it's some days it's so much harder than others because our old beliefs are talking so loudly and, and our relationships tend to be a reflection of how we feel about ourselves. Mm. Yeah. So kind of bouncing back off of that question, I guess more romantically now, and you mentioned trust issues in the beginning of the call. And I, I feel like so many people have trust issues because so many of us are walking around with these wounds that we're trying to cater to. So how has in your, when you were in like the throes of your addiction, I'm curious if you could speak on how that impacted your ability to vulnerably and openly and even honestly connect with other people i mean it was weird because at that at that point like around then i really didn't care because mm -hmm. i was like going nowhere fast so like i felt like i might have been the one bringing people down you know so i didn't really have trust issues about that i just didn't trust myself it wasn't me worrying about other people. It was just like, I didn't care what was going to happen. If you didn't like me, you didn't like me. End of story. Just leave me alone. Like now I have emotions. You know what I mean? Like I, I gained a bunch of emotions that I'm like, what the fuck is this? It's like, but back then I really didn't care. I was able to connect with people because deep down I was still me. I was still funny. I still did whatever. I was crazy and sporadic, but like, people in and out of my life really didn't bother me. If you were here today and gone tomorrow, it didn't matter as far as like relationships and connections. Yeah, that's so true. Cause I think when we're numbing our emotions, whether it be with drugs, alcohol, sex, shopping, anything, we not only kind of numb our ability to feel bad things, but we also block ourselves from feeling joy and true happiness. And what you said resonated with me so much because for me, it's about trusting myself and learning how to trust myself, which is so hard because how could you trust other people if you can't even understand or trust yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and that's hard because something else you said that you thought you were the one that was like bringing people down. And, and sometimes I feel that way too, that like, Oh, maybe I'm the toxic one. So I'm curious if you've had to let go of some relationships in your life that, whether it was like in recovery or in your addiction, like that were toxic and unhealthy and you had to kind of let that part of your life go or those people go. 
Yeah, like, and that's like I speak to all all my friends, mostly the guys, about like understanding that like it doesn't matter how much you love somebody if they're toxic, mm. you have to let them go. Even if you're the one that's toxic and you know it, you have to let that person go. You have to let them go live their life because you're gonna be. We're we're at the age now. I'm 36. Like I'm I'm not dating to like just have fun. Like mm. I want to start a family and stuff. And if I feel like you're not eligible for that, like why waste both of our times? So the toxic shit, like, yeah, it sucks sometimes because like you can be deep in love, but if you feel that something's not right and you try to work on it and you let the person know and it keeps up, it's not the person you're supposed to be with. Even if they try to come back because they miss you, they're not ready to just change yet. Hmm. Like, and, yeah. and it's, it's hard. It's one of the hardest things because I've been through that. I've been sick over it. You know, and it's just like, and it's been my decision. So people think that like, you'll just leave and you won't be hurt. Like, no, mm. it hurts to leave sometimes. <laughs> like, oh my bad. God. Yes. Everything you said, it's so true. Like I've always been the one leaving, but it hurts so bad to leave. People think like, just because you were the one that broke up with someone or ended something, it's so easy for you, but it's, it's kind of choosing to love yourself more than the pain. Cause toxic relationships can be so fucking addicting. And as someone that, you know, as an addict, I can get addicted to people as easily as I could get addicted to behaviors and things like that. So mm -hmm. it's just, it's so hard. Sometimes those toxic relationships are the hardest to like break free from. Yeah. So what is a belief about yourself or other people that you're working on in relationships or something that used to serve you maybe it doesn't serve you anymore i mean the biggest thing that i have to work on is like i stray so far from negativity that i'll run and i'll leave i'll leave any situation even other than relationships and i'll leave because i'm so far i'm so afraid of the negativity that drains me like negativity straight up drains me to the point where i just don't even want to talk to anybody even if you had nothing to do with it so mm -hmm. i need to work on that like i'm very good at communication but like i have to work on the fact of like when i hear something that i don't like or i feel a certain way that i'll just run from it and like sometimes i won't look back and that will be the end of it and that's touching on like am i toxic for that or am I just trying to keep the positivity in my life? That's really interesting because as you say that, I see that as a strength because I'm kind of the complete opposite. As someone that like had addictions, you know, I found it really, really hard to be honest in relationships and communicating. I, I that's one of my biggest downfalls. So I see that when you say that, like if I see drama or negativity, like I'm out. I would love to get there, but I guess it's like, as with anything, there's extremes, right? There's like extreme avoidant and extreme codependency. And there has to be some like middle, middle ground balance. Yeah. So what asking for a friend, like, how do you communicate and like say, see ya to those like negativity because I am surrounded by negativity. And sometimes, like you said, I question, is it me or is it everyone else sucks? So what are like some things you found useful, like tools or communication advice that you would give someone struggling with that? I mean, the best advice is to hear the person out, but like I'm the type of person that's like, okay, I don't want to argue. I don't want to fight. If they keep going, then it's like, I'm done. 
Like, I can't, I can't do this anymore because like, I'm listening to you. You're listening to me. We obviously are both in an argument because we don't like what each other said. And even if I started it or you started it, we both don't like it anymore. Let's either stop talking about it, recoup, give me a time, give me a second to breathe and actually think about it because I'm, I have no problem with saying, listen, I was wrong Mm -hmm. and this was what's happened, but you got to give me a little bit to process what's going on to understand it. And it's about talking, not yelling and getting to understand because I could say, I love you. And you could take it as, Oh wow, he's being genuine. Or I could be like, yeah, I fucking love you and really mean it, but I'm mad. And you could be like, this motherfucker doesn't, you know what I mean? It's not what you say. Sometimes it's how you say it. The other person is going to take it that way. So like a tool that I use now and I'm, I'm trying to get better at it is understanding the person. Mm. And like, sometimes it sounds, it sounds fucking weird, but like sometimes you need to be away from that person when you fight and you need to just have them text you and then say, how did you mean it? Because without it, and it sounds stupid. Some people will be like, no, it's fucked up. But like without a voice, you can understand it more. Sometimes without the tone, you can understand it sometimes. Sometimes you might not, and you might get it misconstrued, but before you jump to conclusions about how they said it, because it's the heat of the moment, you can ask them, how did you mean it like that? And they could be like, I didn't mean it badly. So obviously, even if they did, they don't mean it like that anymore. So you get to know, like, this person's being genuine. They're not angry. They're just trying to be level with you and make you understand. So it's like, it's a, it's something that I do struggle with sometimes because like going back, I take things negatively. So it's like, Oh, this person fucking hates me. They're done with my shit. Like, but it's like, I was the one who was done with your shit. So it's just like, it's, yeah. it's about understanding the other person and seeing if they're genuine with their intentions because, you know, the world's full of liars and people want something out of it. But, like, you'll know from a person's actions over time yeah. that they're not genuinely trying to do that because you can capture certain things that they're doing. And that's a that's a tool. I pay attention to everything. And, like, everybody knows that. Like, I pay attention to everything. Like, people will be like, holy shit, like, you know that or you remember that. And it's like, yeah, I keep it stored in my brain so I know what I'm dealing with at all times. If you're in my life at all at any point, I know something about you. You probably don't know that I know. You know what I mean? And it's good because it's like, all right, this person was there, this person did this, and this is what's going on. So, like, that's that's one of my major my major tools is to know things and know, like, all right, this, this person doesn't mean well, this person does. And I just use that as something to help me know, like, I got to be out or I'll stay and I'll listen because this person might just be mad at this moment and they're actually really genuine. Yeah, that's so smart. It's like taking that inventory and we really can't have empathy for other people if we don't have that self-awareness and that that accountability for ourselves because a lot of people do suck, but a lot of people are sincere. And I'd like to think that we're kind of just all trying our best, yep. you know, and sometimes we're coming from completely different experiences and, and understanding. So it's about having that um, non-judgmental understanding and like open-mindedness when we're communicating with other people. Yep. I'm curious if that's something that you learned in recovery, because as someone that's that's in recovery, a lot of times I would just make excuses and like think it's everyone else, like I'm the victim, you know? So I find that having that like self-responsibility could be challenging sometimes so what is that something you learned in recovery yeah it's something i learned right away in rehab and like i i feel like it was subconsciously taught to me 
that like they weren't like listen it's you you fucking did this this is your fault like i just sat down and i listened and i looked around and i like was like listen every person that i'm here with right now this isn't an accident like they didn't just get fucked over by somebody we did this shit to ourselves there's people who deal with the pain that we've dealt with that don't get high don't use drugs don't drink like so i'm like i can't play this victim shit anymore because I'm my own victim because I put myself here. So the only person I could be mad at is myself. I need to stop doing that shit. And like, once you get to learn that and know that and truly believe it, it adapts to everything in life, not just relationships. It adapts to everything, like owning up to what you've done and taking responsibility for the things you've done and then making the change of it. So it's just like being about who you really want to be. If you don't want to change, you're not going to. But I wanted to change. Like, I've done so many things to actually change my mindset. Like, and it's not easy. Like, people think that, like, I just got out of rehab and was just like, oh, I'm a different person. Like, no, I read self-help books. I did a lot of fucking inventory. I did the steps. I did everything to really figure out, like, this is who I was and who I am right now. And this is who I want to be. So I have to work for that. I can't just wake up and be like, oh, okay, like, let me read of who I want to, like, let me read what I wrote of who I want to be and that's who I'm going to be. It's like, no, I got to work for that. And I actually have to put in that work. And it's fucking unbelievable what it done, what it has done for me is ridiculous. Like with the law, with life, with relationships, with friendships, everything. It's just like, no, like. I expected to get out of rehab and everybody to trust me and be like, oh my God, he's a saint. He did this. Like, no, I fucking earned it. And like, that's like one of my most proudest things is that like being able to be like, I work for this shit and I am who I am now. Like people all over now look at me and like, yo, listen, like I get messages all the time. Like, I love this. I love that you do that. And like, the thing was that I was always brave. I never gave a fuck about like putting myself in front of a stage and just saying like, this is who I am. This is what I do. Like I tended to not lie about being a drug addict, even though it was obvious. So it's like, why lie now when I change myself and I can help other people. So it's like, I put myself all out there no matter what. And now it's just a better version. So. I love that so much because so many people I'm the same way. They're so private about everything in their lives. And I, I never understood that because I find that if I use my voice and we're vulnerable and we share our stories, we can help other people. And that's really the most important thing in, in my opinion. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And speaking to what you said moments ago, I think life is a series of choices. And when we have this version of ourselves in our head, often this like scared, fearful, younger version of us, we develop this learned helplessness and it could be so easy to stay stuck instead of having that, that bravery and that courage to rebuild ourselves from the ground up. Yep. I'm curious, this wasn't even a question I was going to ask you, but what is your take on back in like four years ago, I would always, I got off of Facebook because there was so many just fighting going back and forth and, and I would just read and like give into the negativity, but I always saw people fighting about addiction is a disease. I believe 110% that it is a disease, but I'm curious what your perspective on that is. This is such a, a crazy question because like, no matter what, I'm going to get it from both ends, but like, yeah, I believe hundred percent it's a disease, but in my case, I'll put it that way. I don't think that I was born with the disease. No. Neither of my parents were drug addicts. I think I chose to do that and then gave myself that disease. 
and had to live with it. So that was a big part of me too, like being able to get out of it. Like I did this to myself. Nobody did it to me. Like they, they bring a scientific thing into it. Like a guy comes into rehab named Dr. Dewey and he explains to it, like you are born with more dopamine in your system Mm -hmm. and that just makes you want to do crazier things. And I've always been that. Like I was a kid getting hurt because I was like, fuck it. I'll try it. Fuck it. I'll do it. Like doing the craziest shit. So it was like drugs. I'll try it. I'll do it. And that was that. Like, not a lot of people are going to be like, fuck it, I'm going to do this and try it, like, and then continue to do it, knowing that it's something that's going to hurt my body. And that's when the disease comes in because I needed it. It's not even that I just wanted it. It went from a want to a need. So mm-hmm. I believe it is a disease, but I feel like I gave myself that disease. And I have to say without, so I don't get backlash from other people that that's my personal opinion of yeah. me, of just me. Yeah. Like, so I won't tell somebody else that they're wrong. I won't tell somebody that they're right. I just leave it at that. Like, this is what I believe from me as as it goes for me. Of course. Yeah. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion as long as they're respectful. But I was just so curious because I I completely agree. Like, I think certain people are predispositioned to it. Um, Both of my parents Mm -hmm. suffered with mental illness and substance abuse. Um, and I think that sometimes we're genetically predispositioned, but it is a choice to engage in those behaviors. Um, and, and I like the way you said that I I gave myself that disease. That's an interesting, have you gone to AA? Do you do 12 step meetings? Yes. Yes. I haven't in a while. I'm not going to lie because I'm very truthful about it. Like I didn't go for a while during pandemic and because of other certain things that happened in my life, like I didn't go for a little bit before that also. And like, I stayed on point and did the things that I had to do and helped people. So I basically was still practicing the steps and living my life through that. But like a lot of shit happened that turned me away from the rooms and it's great. And it's just a personal thing that I went through. So it doesn't happen to everybody. So I don't want to discourage people about it because that place literally saved my life. Like I went to rehab that saved my life, but being able to stay sober was because of HA and AA and I truly believe in those things and like, I'm ready to step back in there and do it. Cause I went a couple of weeks and I um, spoke for my friend. I gave him his coin for his five years. So it was a really good feeling. And I was like, you know what? Like I'm ready to step back in here. And like, it had nothing to do with me, like wanting to do drugs or not believing in myself. It was just like experiencing life outside of it. And like, not saying like I wanted to test myself, but like, it was just like, a bunch of bullshit that that went on and it kind of turned me off and like you know i spoke about it at a meeting and that could discourage people who go to meetings because mm-hmm. of like the clicks and all that shit and like you know it's like high school again you you want to know mm-hmm. that you fit in and then like what if you don't you're not gonna go anymore and you have the chance of relapse so it's just like it, it gets it gets rough sometimes but like i didn't get sober for the meetings or the people there i got sober for myself so i can mm-hmm. live my life And like, nobody could ever question if I am on drugs or not, because they see how I live. I post fucking damn near every day and they see what I'm doing. So like, I never lived life like this before. So I still practiced everything that I would at a meeting and I still had the support and I still supported others while not going, you know, and it it felt, it felt different, definitely, but like also good knowing that like I'm grounded. It could, I could relapse any day. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that, but I felt grounded. I felt secure and I felt like, okay, like all this shit is not out of my mind. So I know what's going on. 
So it's not like I was not going to meetings because I was on the verge of wanting to get high or anything. Because if that ever happened, I would call my sponsor or I communicate to a support system. But like, no, I'm, I'm definitely ready to get back into it 100% because I feel like I need to be speaking more and reaching out to a lot of people who are newcomers. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of people that have just actually came to the rooms that are like new faces that I've never seen. And like, I want to branch off, go different places and be able to speak again. Cause I was doing that for a while. I was speaking at a bunch of places and that's the greatest feeling to me. Like that is my biggest passion. I'm able to speak. That's why like when you asked me to do this, I was like, hell yeah. Like you can ask me whatever. I don't care. I'm an open book. I will say whatever I want. I don't hold back. So yeah, I gotta, I gotta get back into it. Definitely. Yeah, speaking is so empowering and just using your voice for for good and for a change. And, and it, it's all a learning curve, right? I mean, if right. we place that like perfectionistic ideal and like pressure on ourselves to go to every AA meeting at exactly this time or to never miss a meeting, then we'll just use it as an excuse to beat up on ourselves and feel bad again. And I think everyone's path looks different, but it, it's great to know that you have that support system there if and when you need it. Yeah, no, 100%. That's the best feeling, like, to know that you have friends that know what you went through because they went through the same thing and they're there for you, so. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I've gone to, like, OA, SLAA, um, AA, CODA, all of them. And I was curious, again, like, just to see your perspective. Something that, you know, didn't really resonate with me was affirming, like, I am powerless over my addiction. For some reason, like, that didn't feel feel good to me because I was kind of just like speaking that into existence and just like knocking that into my brain that like I'm powerless and you know once an addict always an addict so I'm just curious what your take on that is and what your experience has been with that I mean it was just for me just it wasn't like it hits people differently yeah so Tim was just saying like listen like you're powerless to these drugs like you're going to do them or you're not going to do them. Like, so to me, it wasn't saying that I didn't have the power to not do it. It was just saying that like, when I do do it, I'm powerless to them hmm. and I become a slave to the drugs. But like over time, I feel like I had that choice. Like, do I want to be powerless to these drugs? Because right now I'm away from that. But if I do them, I am powerless. Hmm. So it's just like, and like, it's not that I'm a control freak, but like with drugs, I am. So it's like, you're not going to have that fucking power over me ever again. I had to get out of it and I had to get away from it. So it's just like, it's, it's a, a, a awkward step to go through. So I understand definitely what you're saying, because I struggled with the God thing. I didn't believe in God until I saw miracles happen within me. So it's like, I understand those are like the two biggest ones that people struggle with. And they're like, what the fuck? I'm powerless. Like. But yeah, like I'm, I'm powerless to my addiction. Hmm, that's powerful. I was just curious because I'm I'm always like really open to hearing other people's experiences because sometimes we get stuck in our ways and think our way is the right way. And that's not true whatsoever. Oh. So I love that that take on it. That's that's really interesting. Um, this also wasn't planned, but I'm wondering one of the steps I struggled with was making amends. So what's your experience been with forgiveness, whether it's other people or most hardest for me would be yourself. I mean, that was the the one that I wrote first and my sponsor was like, a lot of people do that, but like, no, you have to make real amends and like make that last so you can understand. And like, you know, 
I got taught the right way to give amends because it's like, no matter what, what their reaction is, you did your job because some amends I made didn't really go that well. It was like, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. But it was like, I reached out. I did what I was supposed to do. I did my job. I understand why you feel that way, but I did what I did my part. And that's it. Just keep it moving because not everybody's supposed to forgive you. Not everybody can. And sometimes you didn't even do really that wrong, but it's just the fact that like to them, you did. So like I made all those amends. I made mine to myself first and I just kept it in my mind. And then I made others to like the people that I know that I hurt. And then I made again to myself and it definitely was a big stress reliever. And I like, I, I made amends to like three different parts of me. I made amends to the kid version of me, the one that was in addiction. And then the one with recovery saying like, you know, I'm sorry that you have to start late in life but this is what you have to do. Like you came this far. So fucking just keep going. Like, I'm sorry that you had to do this, but you have to, you know? Wow. I love that. The, the old part of ourselves and it's so hard that grief and that guilt and that resentment that we put on ourselves just, just weighs you down. Like it's not helpful. We think that we're like holding ourselves responsible and like paying for our sins, but it really is just, another excuse to hate ourselves. So what would you say to someone who's working on learning to forgive themselves? I mean, especially in the fact of recovery, like you already almost forgave yourself subconsciously because you took that step to get sober Hmm. and clean. But like to somebody who's not, or who does still struggle with it in or out of addiction, like learn about yourself. So you can forgive yourself. You have to know why you want to forgive yourself. You have to understand the difference of what you've been through, what you put yourself through to what you're doing now. Because if you hold that resentment towards yourself, you're going to resent more than just yourself. You're going to resent everybody around you. And that's when playing the victim comes in. And it's like, oh, well, I didn't do this because I did this to myself. Or this person hurt me. Like, now you have to live your life to the fullest. We were given one life. I believe that we live in this body with this mind state to be the best person that we could be and the best version of that person. So hating yourself your whole entire life is not going to do anything. Like at times I do, I'm down on myself and I'm like, fuck it. I should have did this. I should have did that. I would be so much further if I didn't do drugs, but it's like, maybe this is what was planned. Maybe this was God's plan for me to do because like now at 36 years old, I'm starting some crazy shit and it's like, holy shit. Like, you know, this is amazing. If I would have started this earlier, it would have been better, but it's like, maybe it wouldn't have been this way. Like everything, I strongly believe everything happens for a reason. Everything. Yeah, totally. That, that's so powerful. Cause that's something I'm working on too. Cause all of life is basically a projection. We treat other people, how we treat ourselves. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 26. So I'm 10 years younger than you, but same thing. Like five years ago when I was like really going through it, I always have that like, repeat in my head, like, oh, if only I would have done this, then I would be here by now. And and it's so easy to just get down on ourselves. But if we truly trust in a higher power, whatever that means, and we believe that this is our path, not everything has to look X, Y, and Z, like, maybe there's a bigger plan for us than we could have imagined for ourselves. Yeah, that's so cool. So what else have you been working on 
lately or just trying to reinvent for yourself or, or had to let go this year or in 2020? Because these two years have just been like really crazy. <laughs> I mean, I'm not like, it's crazy because if anything, the pandemic did the best thing it could have ever did for me because I actually got to do what I wanted to do. Hmm. and like explore and that's when I started the clothing line that's when I started photography because it was like you know what let me not fucking be a little baby about what's going on in the world like this might be my last chance to fucking do what I want to do so like I actually read a book and it's from this famous rapper Russ and he just like touched on wanting to do so much because he didn't want to outsource any of his work he wanted pictures done, so he became the photographer and taught his friend how to take the pictures. He wanted beats, so he made his own beats. He wanted to record his own music without having to wait, so he did that. So I just stepped up to the plate and said, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do everything myself, and I'm going to learn how to do this shit while I have the time, because who knows when I'll ever have the chance again, or who knows what's happening with the world. So the pandemic was fucking amazing to me, because personally... I got to do whatever. Like, yeah, it was scary and shit sucked a lot of the time, but I really got to focus on myself and learn about myself more than I ever have in recovery. And mm -hmm. that's what kept me sober too. It was just like, holy shit, I can do this. Holy shit, I could do that. Like, I can actually edit pictures. I can make fucking logos. I could do it. So it was like a beautiful thing. But the one thing that like I was so upset about letting go was writing a lot of music. And I felt like at first it was like, oh my God, I can't write anymore because I don't smoke weed and I'm not high, I'm not doing drugs. And then I was like, okay, I could still write because I ended up doing a couple songs, but it was just like, do I have the passion for it or what's going on? But it was just the fact that I had to let go of so much negativity in my life because when I was writing, it was always negative because I was in that mindset. And then it became so easy to write negative mm, yep. and crazy. So then I had a hard time putting in words, which sounds crazy because I write quotes all the time and I put them out. So it's like, why am I having such a hard time writing positive music or even negative music that I've been through that's real to me of the pain? So like I've been focused the last couple of weeks of actually sitting down and taking my time with putting shit together because I don't want to let that go. Like I know that I have that talent and it's like so hard for me to be like, fuck, just let it go. Even if it's just for myself, like I don't have hopes anymore to become a famous rapper or anything, but like, I want to do it for myself and I want to do it to others for others that been through what you've been through or what I've been through. So they can know that, wow, this kid is fucking really speaking some shit. Like, like I said, it brings us back to like being able to reach different outlets, in different ways, like the clothes, the music, the poetry, the quotes, photography. Like I want to reach my main goal, which is to help people through every outlet possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. and, and you can do that in so many different ways. You're preaching to the choir because one, and you touch on so many good things and trying to remember them all. But I think the last year or two, it kind of, yeah, it was traumatic in its, in its own way, of course, but it kind of forced everyone to slow down. And it's, it's easy to just blame it all on the outside world, or you can take matters into your own hands and say, all right, this is what's happening. I could either be helpless to it and just sit back and feel powerless and watch life pass me by, or I could use it to my advantage and, and explore different ways that I could utilize my own personal power. And what you said about writing is 
no one would really understand unless they're a writer or an artist. Like it is so freaking easy to write and make art when you're feeling depressed and like sad and lost. And then when you're feeling happy or good emotion, it's kind of just like, why can't I write to save my life? <laughs> I feel that so much. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's so weird. And that's, that's just why like all my books are just like really depressing. And then there's like five happy pages because I think, things when they're emotionally charged, it's kind of just like, you know, so easy to, to get it out, at oh. least personally speaking. So that's really funny. <laughs> so we have about five, 10 minutes. I could just keep talking to you and make this like three hours long, but I guess we'll get into our final questions here. So what are you most grateful for in your life right now? Um, I don't want to sound like a dick, but <laughs> me, as one, because without me making the change, I wouldn't have anything that I have right now. And that's friends, relationships, family, the things that I'm doing. But like, honestly, I'm really most grateful for the people who stuck around, the people that I've known forever, the people who watched me suffer, that now get to see me shine. And like the fact that they reposted and they're like, holy shit. And the people who didn't know me before, I got, I got sober and clean that know me now and didn't see me go through that, but still feel it. And they're like, holy shit. Like, we know you're on point. Like we know that you're, you're doing the right thing. And like, I've met a, a lot of real people that like stick with me. And it's yeah. just like, they don't, they don't get into like my, my recovery, my sobriety, nothing. They just push me to do my new goals. And they're like, holy shit. And they, like hearing that people are proud of me is like the fucking best thing in the world. And that's what keeps me going. Like, even if it's one person, it's just like, holy shit, like I'm doing the right thing. And like, I'm very grateful to be able to be alive. That's why I said me, like I'm grateful for me to do this. Yeah. And that, cause if I wasn't, I wouldn't hear these things. I wouldn't know these things. If I wasn't sober, even if I was alive and I wasn't sober, I wouldn't know these things. And I, I wouldn't be who I am today to be able to do that. Like, and it's it's a great fucking feeling. Like it's a great feeling that I just have like so to this day, random people hit me up or random people just be like, Oh, you you helped me and like you made me make the decision to get sober and like you didn't even know that. Like I just watched your page. That's why I keep my page off private because it's like you never know mm-hmm. who who are reaching. Yeah. And like I've done crazy ass shit and like I I went to there's that fucking famous guy the slut whisperer. He did a whole event. I got invited out to it, but on the thing, and it's just like, I kind of manipulated my way into showing that like, I am sober. Like I wrote it on the thing. Like I'm sober. I I think I was like two or three years sober at that point, but it's like, I'm sober. I'll come party with you and show you that I can do that without drinking or doing anything. And that reached so many fucking people because he had a million followers. And that honestly was a, big change in my whole life because like people from all over were like holy shit holy shit let's follow this kid let's see his journey and like you know there was negative comments like i hope you relapse this and that but like the character that i am i laughed i'm like thanks like i don't care like i'm not going to so and that gave me the thing to like i didn't go with intentions to relapse i went to show and prove a point but that just like makes me even stronger the doubt and the hate makes it even stronger for me to make me have to prove a point. Once I feel like I don't have to prove a point anymore, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I'm always out to prove a point and do something like I could do this. I could do that. But it's just like, that's those are the things that I'm like, 
very grateful for that I'm able to do that shit. And like the, the people like, you know, I, I can name a bunch like my, my friend Ace and his wife, Jess, like dungeon athletes, like that's another big thing for me, the gym. And they keep me motivated to do that. And it's just like, it's about everything. It's about your mind, body and soul. Like once you have that and you're happy with it, like you're unstoppable. You're unstoppable. Even if you get that that picture in your mind, you're unstoppable. Work towards a goal. And I put my goals short and simple and sweet at first so I can accomplish them and feel even better. Mm. Like do this, this, and that. Like I'm still the type of person who I'll write in my notepad, like this is what I want to do for this year. Read five books, do this, do that, do that. And like this is the first year that I've done that in like my year goal for all those things. I've done it in four months. And like, I don't know if it's because of the pandemic or whatever, but like, I was like, I want to do this. So now it's just like, I'm not even writing one till next year, but I'm still accomplishing shit that I know that I want to do. Like, and it's, it's a fucking beautiful thing. It's crazy. It's like so great. Yeah, that's incredible. And you deserve it. You deserve to be proud of yourself and, and how far you've come. And, and I've met so many incredible people along this journey and it's, it's so hard to meet genuine people that are there for you, even if it's not, you know, convenient for them because there's people that they'll just hit you up when you know you're having a good day and it's convenient for them they have nothing better to do but to find those sincere authentic people that stick with you through thick and thin is just it's really rare yeah no it 100 percent is it 100 percent is and that's what when you have those people that do stay it's like it's such a beautiful thing it's refreshing yeah Absolutely. So we have only a couple minutes left. I have like 10 more questions for you, but I guess we will end it on what do you believe that the world needs more of? Love. Mm. Less hate and love. And that's like the, my one logo is my hand touching the world in a puzzle and I'm putting the heart back into it because that's what the, the world needs right now. It's a, it's, it's an, it's a puzzle. We're trying to piece it back together with everything. Like, I don't have any po- political beliefs. I like, I never talk on that. I don't give a fuck. Like, that's my thing. But it's just like the love. Like, I hate that politics and society and all that shit is turning us against each other. Like, just shut up and love each other. Like, yeah. for who you are and spread love. And that's why I came up with the idea for the first original logo was my hand putting the heart back into the puzzle of the world because that's the biggest piece that's missing right now. If we learn to love each other then like, you know, what would we really have to worry about alone? We're always going to have something to worry about, but why not worry about it together and be happy with the outcome of actually having loving and caring people in your life than hating each other for no reason because you voted for this person or this person voted for that or this person believes in a different national religion or you think this person's re- like, I like just leave me alone with that <laughs> shit. Like I just want to be happy, and that's another thing. Like that's why I run from negativity because it's like I don't want to be unhappy. I just want to be fucking happy. Like, yeah. and at the end of the day, it's my happiness over anybody else's. So like, Preach. I'll just I'll just leave. Like I don't need to be in there. I have bad choice. Preach a hundred and ten percent agreed. So I loved this conversation. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you? What you know, social medias you're active on? Okay, so I'm active on Facebook. My Facebook is my name, Corey, K-O-R-E-Y, Willis. And then on uh, Instagram, I'm at Mr. with the period for the dot, Motivation1985. So that's like the easiest place to reach me and find me is on Instagram. But I'm on both, so. Cool, cool. 
Well, and I'll link those in our show notes for our listeners. I'm sure that this conversation has helped so many people and it's been something that someone needs to hear. So I thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for inviting me. (laughs) Yeah, anytime, Corey. We have to have you back on because I didn't get to like 20 questions. and That's fine. Let me know. I'm always ready. (laughs) 